Hey everyone, thanks for being with us today. I'm delighted to introduce you to Lucy and Jesse Eshelman. I know these two dear people from part-time work with them here in Southern California. They are often found across the street from UCLA at the Upside Down Cafe, which is a wonderful coffee shop and um, art space. I hope you'll stop by sometime. As I got to know them and hear their story, I was fascinated and said, this is a story I'd love to share with others. So join with me and uh, I hope you'll enjoy the story that uh, Lucy and Jesse share about their lives. Hi, everybody. This is Tuvia Zaretsky, and we're listening to He Said, Then She Said, Jewish Gentle Couples Stories from Around the World. And I'm delighted today to be with Lucy and Jesse Eshelman. We are both here in Southern California and speaking remotely by our laptops. Hey, guys, how you doing? Doing well. Well, these are two really special people, um, and I um, am looking forward to you hearing a little bit about their their story, both how they, they came through different cultural journeys and then both found one another and are continuing to to develop that. Jesse, I'm gonna, I'd like to start with you by, I think you told me that you were uh, born and raised in, is it Homewood, Illinois? That's correct. Yeah, yeah. the south suburb of Chicago, right. And um, if I remember, that's a, it was a Dutch area founded by, by people from Holland. You got it. Although my family is not Dutch, um, the area itself is very Dutch. And if you aren't Dutch, you aren't much, according to that community that I grew up in. So oh, that's cute. that was fun to not be Dutch. In that <laughs> I think one of the things that um, people would find fascinating, you, you came from a, a family with deep spiritual roots. Um, yeah. I had never never heard of anything like that until I lived in Chicago and met some people from from that area, actually. And it deeply impressed me. What what was that that deep spiritual rootage? Yeah. So, you know, that area has spiritual roots for sure. Um, I think in my family in particular, it was somewhat unique in that both of my grandpas um, on both sides. So my mom's dad and my dad's dad were both pastors um, for their whole lives. And so uh, both of my parents, my mom and my dad, were also um, very strong believers in Jesus. And that had a deep impact on my older brother and myself and the way that they chose to raise us. I think having that heritage was really interesting and, and something I'm very grateful for, but it's definitely formed me to be um, who I am today. Were you aware of, of the impact of spiritual stability in your family? De- definitely. I think mm-hmm. there was there was several experiences growing up when I had uh, nominal Catholic friends, for instance, who uh, had to go to their Sunday school or mass, and it was a checklist thing. And I found myself genuinely wanting to go to youth group as a fifth grader and genuinely wanting to tell my friends about Jesus. Um, And it wasn't until later that I realized how much of an anomaly that was and Mm -hmm. how actually strange that was that I liked going to church and liked going to Sunday school. But my parents had formed that in me to such a degree that it became a genuine desire to go to, to church and to learn more about Jesus and learn more about God and the Bible. One of the things I encountered in that part of the, the country was, was the 
custom of a family altar or family time after dinner where the family sat around and, and shared. Um, did you have anything like that? Yeah. You know, I've never heard that word family altar, but I get the concept and uh, my parents were very, uh, very confident about the importance of having family dinners together. And so mm -hmm. we never had the TV on while we were eating dinner, but we talked about every day. What was your day like? What did you learn today? Um, and mom and dad definitely did whatever they could to instill um, the importance of family dynamics and structure into our lives. It was probably something that you, it was your, just your culture. You took it for granted. Yeah, it was frustrating when I went over to a friend's house and they had <laughs> TV on. <laughs> I was like, you guys eat spaghetti and watch like the Discovery Channel. This is awesome, but not in our family. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lucy, your one parent was Jewish. The other one was, yep. was Christian of some kind. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Or at least a Gentile. Right. Yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah. So my father is the one with the Jewish background, grew up in a very um, mostly secular Jewish family. And my mom comes from a very nominal Catholic background. Um, so both were not spiritually rooted at all in either of those traditions. Um, and then um, kind of found their way into new age spirituality and astrology, yoga, all of the um, sort of different spiritual paths, but we also celebrated Christmas, Hanukkah, Passover, things like that growing up. So definitely not a very um, spiritually grounded upbringing. I would say I was definitely spiritually confused um, as a child and I was the only child. So I was all in it on my own, I suppose. Where were, you, where were you raised? <laughs> um, Northern California. Um, okay. in the Bay area in Petaluma, California. Okay. Were you, if people said, asked you, were your parents hippies? Would, would you, how did that, um, did that hippie fit? adjacent, I suppose. <laughs> I think my dad certainly was, my dad was a bit older than my mom and kind of grew up in that, um, that era. He joined the Peace Corps young and, um, avoided the Vietnam draft. And, um, so kind of fit that, fit that mold. Mm -hmm. Um, but my mom, not quite as much. So you had this spiritually eclectic experience. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> A smorgasbord of spirituality. Okay. So where was it that you stopped along the buffet line and, and how did that, that kind of get settled out for you? <laughs> that's a great, that's a great way to ask that question. Um, so my mom became a believer when I was about 10 years old. You said she um, was, she was a, was Catholic when you say that she was mm -hmm. a believer or became a believer when you're 10 years old, what does that mean? Yeah. So she grew up Catholic, went to Catholic school, um, did confirmation, um, those sort of milestones. And once she was out of the house, um, away from her parents walked away. Um, I wouldn't say that, um, she grew up in a believing family, but, um, when I was a kid, she, ended up befriending our next door neighbors. Um, our whole family befriended them and their mother shared the gospel with my mom. She um, believed and we started going to church when I was um, 10 years old. The so that you, you and your mom, me and my mom. Yeah. My dad didn't, 
didn't really go. <laughs> so it, then it became a bit like I had to choose between my parents. Am I going to go this sort of reformed Jewish route or am I going to go the born again Christian route? So the spiritual confusion only continued. <laughs> Did Do you remember what it was about? Obviously your, your neighbor there was something either that they said or that they did that attracted you enough to want to go to church. Which is the chicken? Mm -hmm. Which is the egg? Was it, you know, was it that they're the way they behaved? Was it what they said to you? Something they said, do you know, do you remember? Yeah. I remember early on in um, kind of my experience of being around Christians, being around church. Um, my family actually moved to um, Southern California when I was in junior high. And that's when I started um, taking the onus upon myself to go to church. I attribute that to being really lonely as a junior high kid and really um, recognizing that that was the place that I could find community and people cared for me. So I was drawn to what that community was before I was drawn to who Jesus is in the midst of that community. I suppose that's the chicken before the egg or okay. um, whichever it is. So <laughs> it was it was more community than it was the message. But it why was. that community in, in over some of the other cliques or communities that were at the junior high? I think the, you know, that sort of intangible aspect of... Um, who God is in the midst of um, a community that I didn't recognize as God in the moment. But um, I think even at that time, God was kind of drawing me into um, who he was and um, how I could have a relationship with him through other people, even without naming it. I think I recognize that. Yeah. The kids and the, um, the leadership of like this particular youth ministry um, was really really felt like um, a home um, at a time where I felt very lonely. Okay. Yeah. So you were, you were finding yourself being pulled between your dad's eclectic Jewish experience of his own. Mm -hmm. You mentioned yeah. reform Judaism uh, and what was happening with you and your mom as you were looking mm -hmm. at call within uh, uh, a belief, believing community that, that loved Jesus. Yeah, Jesse, sure. because because of Jew, uh, Lucy's Jewish background, I'm just curious. Did you know any Jewish people when you were growing up? Yeah, I actually uh, I did. I had a couple Jewish friends. Um, that area that I was in um, had some Jewish population to it, but that's more of a north side of Chicago thing for the most part. Um, but I remember in fifth grade, I met an Israeli who had just moved into our school district. And he had like straight from Israel, <laughs> straight to Homewood, Illinois. And I think his parents were uh, wanting their kids to avoid IDF service or something like that um, was the story. But um, IDF being the Israeli army, Israeli defense forces. Yes. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Just... And I remember just being so amazed at who is this kid? We believe very similar things. They're adjacent, but it's not the same. And I remember the whole Jesus thing to him was very confusing, but he knew Hebrew and I wanted to know 
what is that about? Uh, should I know Hebrew? Because I'm kind of the Jesus guy around here. And I <laughs> watch out guy, you're stealing my territory. So uh, as a immature fifth grader, um, yeah, I felt that as a threat as a kid, I think. But. Which is fascinating because I know that you've you've continued to study and, <laughs> and develop your Hebrew. Yeah, now I know Hebrew, right? Sure. Yeah. But yeah. So you had some familiar, some acquaintance with Jewish culture and Jewish people. So Lucy, did your, mm-hmm. your family was going through all these different kinds of spiritual exercises mm-hmm. um, from your dad's side? Was he, what kind of cultural things were you picking up from him? Um, a lot of, so we celebrated the holidays and that was about the extent of explicitly Jewish things. Um, Jewish holidays. Um, yeah. Jewish holidays. We had a mezuzah like, on our door. Um, Hanukkah, Passover. We never we never hosted a seder, but we would do it with Jewish friends. And I kind of grew up in an area that had a lot of intermarried Jewish families as well. So I was um, one among the many of mixed background kids. You mentioned that you had a mezuzah on your door. Mm-hmm. Who put that up? My dad did. I remember we had this mezuzah that was like a brass mezuzah and it had like a person holding the letter shin Mm -hmm. and I always thought it was um someone with a baseball mitt on because my dad um had previously been a a baseball catcher so I thought he put a baseball themed mezuzah on our door Lucy's selling him short he was in the MLB so he wasn't just a random baseball player player. yeah um (laughs) Yeah, long before I was around when he, um, right out of high school, he played for the Minnesota Twins. So I I just thought we had a baseball catcher mezuzah on our door. So, um. <laughs> And for, for the folks listening, uh, the shin stands for Shaddai, mm-hmm. which means the almighty God, the all-sufficient God. Okay, yeah. well, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, I mean, that would be a whole other story to get into some, at some point about your dad being a Jew in, in uh, Major League Baseball. baseball. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So how old were you when um, you had the, the faith experience that brought you to believe in Jesus? Yeah. What was the, um, the point of transition between your, your kind of eclectic Jewish um, spiritual, spiritual uh, buffet and coming mm-hmm. to to a, a, a faith in Jesus. So I, like I said, I had been around the church a little bit. Um, I was drawn to the community that was there and I felt like I belonged, even though I didn't believe yet. What had happened was when I was um, just barely 17, um, one of the young youth leaders in this community about 22 years old, he passed away suddenly um, overnight, just didn't wake up um, without explanation. And I had never known anyone young to have died. And I came to faith in Jesus and Yeshua at his funeral. Um, So that was the moment that I said, um, God, I don't, I don't want to live without you. Um, so from then on, from that point, it was definitely, my faith was, um, definitely in Jesus. And then 
um, my Jewish identity was a very confusing element of that at the time. Why was it confusing? So it was confusing because I knew I was Jewish and um, that had always been a part of who I was and my life growing up. And then suddenly this was the one thing that was off limits um, would being believing in Jesus felt like the one thing that, okay, well now you're Jewish, but not, not really was kind of what I understood from people around me. Was, that any, of that I, your, was any of that your father's reaction? Um, a little bit. He, he actually amped up his own Jewish identity at that point um, in order to encourage me to pursue more Jewish things um, in my own life so that I didn't lose that. Um, he didn't, he never told me that believing in Jesus disqualified me from being Jewish, but I know he didn't love that I believed in Jesus. Were you in touch with the, the extended family, his extended family? Yes. Yeah. I like to say, um, my Jewish family's religion of choice is politics. So (laughs) they're not quite, um, connected with, um, religion in any way, but it was certainly a part of um, growing up for my cousins. Again, like just the holidays and um, the sort of cultural traditions. No, like no belief in God. Did you have the awareness that, that Jesus and Jewishness just really didn't go together? Did you pick that up in your home? I understood that. Um, I think in my home, because I felt like I had chosen one over the other. And likewise with people in my life who didn't understand when I would explain that I'm Jewish and believe in Jesus, there was just confusion. (laughs) Um, On their part. On their part. And then that made me confused. (laughs) So when was the first time you ever met somebody else that, that was Jewish and believed in Jesus that all of a sudden made you feel like, hey, I'm not alone? I, the first time I was aware that I met someone who was Jewish and believed in Jesus was I was in high school. Um, I, or I had just graduated high school and I had met a friend of a friend who was in a church service and was reading the Bible in Hebrew on her phone. And I asked her about it and she said, oh, I'm a Messianic Jew. And I said, well, what does that mean? She explained it to me and I said, well, that's me. That's what I am too. Um, And I've never seen this girl since then, but um, I suddenly had an identifier for who I was. How long, how long had that been that you, you just had never, never met anybody that, that shared your same identity? I mean, I suppose I was 18, but at that point, um, having come to faith only a few years earlier. Um, okay. But yeah, never had met anyone. I'm sure there are other people who are, are even listening to this podcast that is, are talking about, this is the first time I've ever heard of anybody that believes sure. like <laughs> I do. And I'm, I'm yeah. from a mixed family and, and I believe these things. And this is, this is really helpful. You know, finding, finding community is really important. I'm going to fast forward here a little bit because there's an interesting side. Here are the two of you are, you're married. Um, and there's a great part of this story. So you both attend uh, college together. Um, yep. For full disclosure, I know that's a Christian college that you went to. 
Uh, <laughs> and while you're there, you meet one another. Jesse, what was your, your first reaction to meeting Lucy, particularly thinking about the fact that she's a, when you discovered that she's a Jewish believer in Jesus? <laughs> yeah, I, that's a really funny question. So I was interested in Lucy. I met her in my freshman year. We were in the same class together. And then we had had like a good conversation in the spring. And then over the summer, I think my feelings grew for her. Um, and I said to myself in June or whatever, I'm going to ask her out this fall when we're back on campus. Um, just see and see what comes of it. And then I found out that she was Jewish. And for me, this is one part of my story I haven't shared on here, um, but Judaism had, since meeting that Israeli friend, become something that really intrigued me and really got me curious. And I felt a very, uh, very strange draw to the Jewish people as a Gentile Christian. Um, and so I met Lucy and I found out she was Jewish. And then I was like, I have to ask her out. I, now I don't have any choice. Um, <laughs> this is going to happen now. And so then um, one thing led to another and we started dating. But um, it was upon realizing that she was Jewish where I was like, okay, I'm in. Yep. <laughs> I'm all in. I'm all in. So, so Lucy, what did you think when, when you met? met uh, Jesse. I'm trying to think of when we first met, but we had, like Jesse said, we had had a class together, kind of knew each other, we were acquaintances, similar groups of friends. And so, um, like Jesse said, we had met in some classes, kind of knew each other by acquaintance. But um, I remember when we first really started getting to know each other, uh, Jesse had asked, what does my Jewish identity mean to me? And no one had ever asked me that before. And I didn't have a very good answer um, up at that point at all. <laughs> Jesse shaking his head. I didn't, I didn't know what I thought of my Jewishness. And um, this was one step further in the journey of figuring out what does it mean for me to be a Jewish believer in Jesus? Um, and the uniqueness and oddness of that identity being not a hindrance, but an asset to um, who I am and what my life is. And no one had ever asked me that question before, which is crazy. I thought it was ironic. She was an intercultural studies major and had not processed her own culture. <laughs> and so I was like, certainly you've processed this, right? What does that mean to you? What's this about? Um, but so, then I encouraged her to go to Israel and, um, then she went that summer. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had just gotten back from Israel and it was really powerful, but I wanted her to have that same experience. Yeah. Yeah. So this guy has, has had an impact to encourage mm -hmm. you in your Jewish identity. Mm -hmm. That's weird, huh? He's, here's a Christian. <laughs> it was unlikely. A surprise to us both, I guess. Yeah. I find very often that that um, religion aside, the Gentile partner of somebody Jewish is always far more interested in mm -hmm. the Jewish partner's culture, history, and religious traditions than the Jewish partner is about the Gentile's background um, because there's always a possibility of unearthing this uncomfortable discussion about Jesus. 
and we don't know what we would do with that and how we would approach that. Mm -hmm. and, and of course, that wasn't a, that wasn't an issue for you guys. Yeah, thankfully it wasn't. Yeah, no, no, and that's that's part of the story of finding spiritual harmony. You have mm -hmm. you came into the relationship with with understanding spiritual understanding about about things that that in other contexts are create great awkwardness. And yeah. here, um, the discussion of Jesus was something, as you said, you'd, you'd made a choice and you understood um, how valuable and important that is. And so you guys were able to have that conversation. Um, yeah. We had a, kind of a funny conversation earlier on. I was asking you guys if there's anything that, that just in ordinary discovery of your cross-cultural worlds that that um, something came up and, and you said you were keeping keeping Pesach or Passover um, <laughs> you know, I don't know whether it's the first time or later, subsequent after you were married. And and there was a whole discussion about chametz, um, leaven. Who wants to, who wants to, who wants to tell it? Well, I could tell it. Go ahead. Yeah, well, go let's ahead. tell it together. <laughs> I, so it was Passover and I just thought this is what we're going to do. We're going to get rid of the chametz and the leaven from our home and, um, not eat any of that for the duration of the holiday. And Jesse's response was shocked. <laughs> I was, I was shocked. And I was like, Jesus never <laughs> told us to do that. <laughs> sure. Jesus celebrated Passover. Uh, it was at somebody else's house. Um, I don't know if he, <laughs> he didn't have a house. Did he do this? I was curious. Um, and I think, um, I think I was a bit like, Lucy, this is a rabbinical thing that the rabbis do and the Orthodox houses do. This isn't something that us believers in Jesus do um, because we don't have to do it. And um, we've already been cleansed. And the whole point is to, to make it as if, um, well, I didn't know this at the time, but that the leaven represents sin um, and being unstained from the world right um but in not knowing that i just thought it was a weird tradition that i was like i want to eat bread i'm a gentile i don't have to do this i'm gonna have my uh, <laughs> i'm gonna have my bagels ironically and enjoy them so <laughs> so how did you resolve the <clears throat> cross-cultural tension around this well i think i i we saw it very differently and I just understood it as like, this is how you celebrate the holiday. I didn't think of it being um, something that was, uh, I thought it was just a very morally neutral thing, I suppose. I Do you remember the compromise we came to? I don't know if there was one. I feel like we put it all in a... <laughs> uh, a high, unreachable cabinet. A high, That's unreachable right. cabinet. <laughs> yeah, put it in a bag and put it and <laughs> yeah. it away. Yeah, I thought it, it was away. absolutely preposterous for us to yeah. sell it to our neighbors for a week or something. So <laughs> we were not going to do that. But. Just out of sight, out of mind. But um, that was our first year of marriage. And since then, we've kind of figured out our traditions a bit more and how we want to um, celebrate Passover and other holidays. Yeah. Uh, so think, yeah. For instance, I fast on Yom Kippur with Lucy as an act of solidarity with my Jewish wife. Um, whereas when we had met, that would not have been something that I, I would have done. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, this is a wonder. That's a wonderful point. I want to draw draw something from it, and that is, we don't have to agree culturally. We don't have to agree on everything. Yeah. We won't necessarily harmonize um, everything that we we believe that's right culturally. What's really important is to be able to to respect one another, and respect mm-hmm. that about each other, and then in respecting each other, give as much as we can to love that person. Uh, without judging their cultural experience. Hey, thank you for for sharing today. This has been wonderful. It's uh, it's exactly what I've I've hoped. Knowing the two of you, and you've done a you've done a terrific job. Um, I'm going to look forward to finding another angle that we can we can share together here. Um, that sounds great. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks to thanks both so of much, you. Thanks so much, Jivya. Yeah, it's uh, been a pleasure. Yep. We'll look forward to doing this again. This is he said, then she said. Uh, the stories of Jewish gentle couples from around the world. And I'm Tuvia Zareski. I hope you'll join us again. Please look at the, the website. There's some good resources there. And if you have any questions, you can contact us at info at jewishgentlecouples.com. Shalom. I really enjoyed that, and I hope you did too. If you'd like to email us, you can reach me or I'll forward it to Lucy and Jesse at info at jewishgentlecouples.com. Info at jewishgentlecouples.com. Hope you'll look at some of the other resources on our website at www.jewishgentlecouples.com, and uh, we'd love to hear from you as well. If you're enjoying these podcasts, we hope you'll share the links with your friends and tell them about our Facebook and Instagram pages as well. Until the next time, shalom and blessings.